Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Introducing ADT Self-Setup, featuring everything from motion sensors to Google Nest Cams. It can be easily installed at your convenience and adapts as your needs change. You can add more products at any time and your system easily moves wherever life takes you. Plus, when every second counts, you can trust ADT's 24-7 professional monitoring. When the most trusted name in home security adds the intelligence of Google, you've got a home with no worries. Go to ADT.com today or call 1-800-ADT-ASAP. Let's get down for eSports! Hello and welcome back to Nerf This, the esports show that uh, may have forgotten how to do this. I, I had to, <laughs> had to like remind myself and psych myself up. I am Brian Huff, and as always, I am joined. Well, I shouldn't say as always because that's not true. Um, occasionally joined by Seven. Hello, sir. Hey, I'm just happy to have some bass back in the show. That's really what counts, right? I know. I got a lot of complaints. They're just like Kevin. He doesn't bring the bass. Sorry, it's not going to work. I haven't had to use my subs in weeks. <laughs> it's like I turned the bass all the way up, and now they're going to be like, oh, my ears, my ears, and I have to turn it back down. But we've got a show. We've got a show that I think we already know the title to, because you titled it earlier in the day, which is Esports <laughs> is Full of Shitty People, which kind of sums this up. So uh, if, you'll, if you will pardon the monologue here for a moment, let's just talk about this week in the Overwatch League. Now... When you and I have been some of the largest critics of the Overwatch League heading into Overwatch the first season, and we we were wrong in a lot of ways, right? Like, we said, man, this is going to be a shit show. And I have no problem owning the fact that we were wrong. They've, they've kept it together. There's not been any of the issues we expected. However, this week has demonstrated that they still have a long way to go. Now let me let me summarize the week for you and I'm going to I'm going to be a little hyperbolic for a moment, but but just just stick with me for a second. So this week in the Overwatch League, a former Twitch mod for the Overwatch League as well as contenders in over 150 plus Twitch channels was exposed for collecting and distributing revenge porn. Overwatch yeah. League disciplined a player for using a homophobic slur on stream. This is the second time a player from the same team had been exposed for this offense this year. They disciplined a player for posting a meme joking about the atomic bombings of Hiroshima and Nagasaki. A female owl interviewer and analyst received death threats because she thanked men for fighting alongside women's equality on International Women's Day. And the most notable and probably most ridiculous situation of this week involved a black interviewer who called out Twitch chat for spamming an emote in a pretty racist manner. Which ultimately led to him getting death threats, um, and the player, who had already been suspended for homophobic comments, and oh, by the way, mentioned that casting was giving him cancer, caused him to be suspended, fined, and eventually let go from his team. 
I, are you reading like one of those uh, weird little magazines that's like in the checkout lane? No, nope, <laughs> like, no. Nope. This, this is the <laughs> National Enquirer, the esports edition. <laughs> now, there's a lot of nuance here. and We're going to discuss this, and I'm being purposely heavy-handed. But if you were looking at esports as an outsider this week, if you were looking at Overwatch League as an outsider this week, that was your summary of the major news items for the past seven days. <sighs> if you're a... Uh, like a younger kid and your parents were again, not to just like harp on that, but if even being like a younger kid, if your parents were to catch wind of like any of this, they're like, why are you, why would you watch this or what's going on? Uh, yeah. There's just a, a lot of horrible things that have been going on this week. And it just sums up just, uh, you know, the toxicity of the scene in general, right? You go into any tournament where there's more than say five people watching and you generally find a really crappy experience in twitch chat doesn't matter how bad you mod it uh, it generally tends to just go way out of hand and now there, there's some things we can talk about around how how they can limit that and we can get in that into that like kind of nitty-gritty later uh, but overall i don't think ironically any of us are really surprised at the outcome of this week no and look there's a lot to talk about here, so I, I think we should just unpack this because I don't want to overgeneralize and get people all worked up so early in the show that we're not talking about all the different angles of this because I don't think it is as straightforward as my initial monologue put forth. So let's let's talk first about probably the biggest piece of this, which is what happened with Malik Forte on the stream in the past week. And for those of you who are not familiar with the situation... Malik was on the stream, and during that, he looked. He was talking specifically about engaging with Twitch chat. He looked down at Twitch chat, and what he sees is the try-hard meme being spammed at him. And if you're not familiar with the try-hard meme, there's some good videos that we'll link out in the show notes that kind of gives the true history of where it came from involving Trihex in this hilarious video in an anime convention. But what specifically Malik is mentioning is very recently a certain subset of Twitch viewers have been using the try-hard meme as sort to have some sort of racist connotation. Whenever a mm -hmm. black caster or player is on the stream, they are spamming this to indicate that there is a black person on the stream. Now, depending on whose version of the story around the try-hard meme you listen to, this is ranging anywhere from something that is like completely benign to something that is like explicitly directly racist. Now... I don't want to talk specifically about the emote. There's a great video that Richard Lewis put out in the past week talking specifically about can an emote be racist. And I think he came to a very good conclusion, which is the emote itself is not racist. But this is a part of language, and this is a part I think people don't understand. Words often have multiple meanings, and whether we like it or not, emojis and emotes are part of the way people communicate. If you listen to some of the videos around this particular topic, people talk to as emotes as if they are words. So we're going to treat it as a word for the, for the case of this discussion. Now, there was a similar situation that happened back in 2016 around Terrence Miller at a Hearthstone DreamHack event in which it was very explicitly used in a racist manner, not because of the emote itself, but because of the words and the toxicity around the usage of the emote where the N-bomb was dropped and very specific racist statements were made. It was horrible, mm -hmm. but I don't want to conflate the usage that Malik is calling out with that particular situation because it is not as explicit as that. But it was being used while there was a black person on the screen, 
and I think he was right to make a comment about it. What is fortunately or unfortunately happened, depending on how you look at the situation, Seven, is that XQC, a player that already had a lot of contention around him, had already caused a lot of problems with his homophobic commentary on a stream, with some of the things he said about casters calling them cancer, with what other just horrible, not great professional behavior that he is, or I should say unprofessional behavior that he has had around his time in the Overwatch League, was one of the people using this meme during the time in which Malik was on screen. Now, Malik did not call him out directly, but the right. two things have been mashed together because other Twitch viewers of the Overwatch League stream did some digging, looked through the timestamps, and guess what they find? They find XQC participating, and we find ourselves in the middle of a ginormous shit show, for lack of a more elegant way of putting it. Right. And and I think, again, the XQC Malik, uh, uh, I guess you could say that thread there, isn't really, I mean, you mentioned Malik didn't know that XQC was doing it, right? And so some people, I think, originally jumped on him trying to say that he was calling out XQC for doing it when you can clearly see that he is in front of a camera and not in front of Twitch chat, essentially. And I don't know, I think you had mentioned maybe he was looking down at Twitch chat, but I don't necessarily think he was actually He's not reading the names of people. No, no, no. I, I think I think it's one of those things where he knows, like, I'm sure, like, between takes, you go back and people are on Twitch like, dude, you're getting, like, tore up every time you go on the screen because of the stupid emote and so and again uh even malik said you know i've been doing this for a long time it's nothing new it happens on multiple events and so xqc's i guess you could say uh his i don't know the reason why he say he he was doing it was interacting with quote-unquote his chat or his people and it's not necessarily really true because well we know why because he was just spamming. And I think... So there's a lot of pieces of this worth talking about. I think that one piece is... Let's just talk about the use of this emote for a second. Do I believe that every person that uses the emote is racist? Absolutely not. I do not believe that is the case. Even if they're using it in this context, I don't believe that. And I'll tell you why. If you've ever gotten on a stream that was doing a giveaway or is like an Overwatch League stream in which you can get something for watching the stream, what you'll see is some idiot will do something like bang tokens. And then everyone's like, oh, I have to do bang tokens in order to like get myself free Overwatch League tokens. And then the stream right. just blows up with bang tokens. And you will see that with just emotes, right? Somebody will spam an emote. And I'd say at least half the people spamming that emote at some point have no idea why they're spamming the emote. They're just following the social indicators they are seeing in the chat and they're spamming the, the emote. That being said, there is somebody in there that is doing it with that context on purpose. There's probably multiple people in there doing it with that in that context on purpose. And we should not ignore that. Now, you can debate the level, if there's even such a thing, of racism being indicated by this, whether you want to call it passive racism or whatever term you want to coin to describe what is going on here. Somebody is putting that emote on there to indicate there's a black person on screen, and that is not a debatable fact. Somebody, multiple somebodies, are doing it for that reason, and it perpetuates in Twitch culture you know, latches on and it becomes a thing. And that is not good. I agree with Richard Lewis's statements that that is incredibly hard to police as somebody who has had to build moderation systems that try to infer context around things. There's not a whole lot you can do. And I agree a lot of with a lot of these statements, including ones made by Trihex, who is the literally the origin of this particular emote, <laughs> right. that you can't take it away 
Because then you're just going to say, well, if any you know thing that memorializes a black streamer or an Asian streamer or an Arabic streamer or whatever or a woman streamer, and you take that away because somebody weaponizes it, then you're basically just giving those people all the power in the world to erase those those particular right. groups' contribution to Twitch as a platform. So that's bad. But I don't think you can just sweep it under the rug under the context of, well, some people may misuse it, so therefore... But, you know, that's going to happen, but it's still okay. Like, we, we, this is a human problem that needs to be solved, not something we're going to solve with technology. And I do think, unfortunately, in some cases, we do need to be heavy-handed. And we've seen this with, like, the Harambe meme um, being banned by a lot of channels in order to keep it from being used in that manner. And it's a shame that we have to do that, but we need to look at that as a potential option. Now, in how it relates specifically to XQC... This is one of those cases, and I saw a couple of people make this point. I think this is a super important point. XQC's community, the people who are claiming to be standing up for him, are doing him a massive disservice. Because I think XQC is really stupid sometimes. I think he makes some really dumb, childish, naive decisions. But I don't believe that he's racist. And I don't believe that his point of putting the tryhard up there was to in some indirect way, make a derogatory statement towards Malik. But he has now been propped up by this community that is just flat-out stupid and saying really horrible things and speaking on his behalf and creating a narrative that I don't think was ever there. We're giving XQC way too much credit at this point if you believe his community that he was like, oh, he's just using it as a shout-out, or he can say that. It doesn't mean it's racist. Like I don't think that much thought went into his usage of it. I just think it's no. Twitch being Twitch and XQC being XQC, and right. now XQC is attached to this narrative that his community has built for him that has sussed out all this intention from probably what is a very intentionalist action. Well, Malik actually had uh, tweeted out, I think it was earlier this morning, that uh, that his that XQC's community, again, has not been helpful for him right i think he has said that it, he feels like they have tried to bait xqc into some scenarios in which uh will either not necessarily expose him but show the worst side of it like he's influential by his community ironically uh, a lot of times when you look at twitch chats they're generally reflective of the streamer and and malik's take on it i don't 100 percent agree with that the community is, is uh, you know, essentially forcing XQC or influencing XQC to do things. I often think it's the other way around. And anytime you watch XQC, it's understandable that uh, he has kind of this type of community that uh, it lashes out at people is essentially what it is. Because XQC has a habit of lashing out at people. Yep. And when you propagate that uh, or, and you and you put that on display, people are going to assume that it's okay for me to lash out to here because – that's what they're doing. They're hopping on the internet, watching someone else play something, and joining everybody in. And a lot of times, in in unison to, to lash out or to hate against something and in some way, shape, or form. I feel like that bled over to the Overwatch channel, and that's essentially where, uh, even if he was interacting "quote unquote" with his people, again, that's it, it's. It's just a traveling group that hates. It's not like you walking down the street and you see a bunch of people like, "Oh, they're doing a hate crime." <laughs> I guess I'll just do it too. Yep. It's like no, there's something else that spurred that, uh, and so he can't. Again, he should not have to take total credit for his community doing that. That's that's crap. Like you look at people like streamers like Forzen, who are normal people, 
and they have just the worst chat completely like on Twitch a lot of times. Again, not necessarily a bad thing because he kind of makes fun of it and that's kind of like it's a very meme type of of chat and not saying that they're bad people, but it's like again, he allows that to happen. That's part of like kind of like his shtick, but in person he's kind of like super uh I don't know, like he he's super kind of reserved and quiet. He's really not like that outgoing crazy whatever. But however, when you watch XQC, it's outburst after outburst and that spills over. Yep. And they, like, as with most fandoms, right, not exclusive to streamer fandoms, but with most fandoms, a lot of times people, fans tend to read a lot more into the actions and the things that they see take place. And they, they project a lot of extra meaning and context to the things that streamers do. And I don't think that XQC is this, like, mastermind, right, that is, like, puppet mastering <laughs> his community into doing these things. I think he's a young... Not something I'd put on the list, like, of descriptors of XQC. Sorry, just... Oh, it's true. That out there. It's true. And so what is actually happening in this case is he's lashing out. He's, you know, maybe he's upset he's not playing. Maybe he's upset some other random thing. Maybe he's just like rolling with the energy of his community and the actions of his community. And now we're trying to perpetuate this narrative of there's all this meaning and things behind the scenes. And what was really probably just like a thing that he did that is, rel- you know, maybe irresponsible, but relatively innocuous is now being forced to like champion and get behind and say this is some very intentional action that he did that means this very, very specific thing. And unfortunately, what has happened, if you follow Malik on Twitter, you follow him on Instagram, you see him posting some of the DMs that he's getting as a result of this, they're pushing the wrong narrative forward. When XQC posts this emote that some people are saying is racist and saying he's using it in a racist manner, or the people using it are using it in a racist manner. And that leads to a bunch of people shitposting and death threats towards Malik, using the N-word, calling him out, threatening to hurt him and kill him. You're pushing the wrong narrative forward. You can't simultaneously say that this is not meant in a racist manner, you N-word. Like, you're right, literally right, right. saying the opposite of what you're <laughs> of what you're trying to defend, and it's not helpful. The problem is, is anybody in that community who listens to this is probably just going to shitpost us for calling them stupid and not actually understand that they're hurting XQC. Like, dropping this and letting this go and letting him move on, letting the community move on, and letting Malik move on is the best thing that can possibly happen. And I put some of this, quite frankly, and you made this comment to me earlier, that Malik needed to let this go sooner than he did. I understand, and you and I for will never, ever, as white dudes, be able to understand anybody of these minority classes' plight the way that they do. And I understand how hard it must be for people of diverse backgrounds to do this esports thing in this climate. And so I can't pretend like I know or that I could control those feelings in a similar situation. But that doesn't mean that I can't wish that Malik would have taken a step back a little bit sooner and not stoke this fire for as long as he did because you're trying to convince a community that will never be convinced of your point. Right, right, right. They're never going to come around. They're just going to keep shitposting you. They're just going to keep sending you DMs. They're going to make a bunch of fake accounts. They're going to harass you forever. You've got mm-hmm. this awesome thing going with Overwatch League, and I know part of this is like, well, I, I don't want to be silenced, but you're not going to win this one. You're dealing with irrational people, and you're potentially putting yourself at more risk trying to convince somebody that is never going to be convinced. Right, and it's it's uh, it's something that I can totally understand, right? Uh, this past summer, I 
ran into a a similar ish situation uh, where I became the the target of a lot of bullshit. Um, and what I've found historically, it's not my first time being on the chopping block. It happened many, many years ago on Reddit. Uh, it, it's one of the things where the, the shelf life of, of majority of people's attention and hate and focus that they can do is about 48 hours, right? So you let it, you don't stoke that fire. You just let it go do its thing. And generally 48 hours later, nobody, maybe an inkling of a here or there, a smattering of thing of, of people, We'll, we'll, we'll keep following up on it. Because what happens is initially when this kind of information gets out or people make the assumptions, they come at you already in full belief that those assumptions are correct and that is how it is. So again, they're not coming to you to say, hey, can you inform me of your side of the story? It's a lashing out against you. They don't care what you say. You're just stoking whatever fire, fire and they will pick it apart. And so by not saying anything and just being what I considered a bigger person, you can let those people just kind of burn through their lies and they'll just shout lies and they'll shout their, their bullshit and they'll, they'll get angry and they'll yell at the internet just as much as, you know, the, the next crazy ass person. But in the end they there's not, they're not getting anything out of it. And then they move on. Yep. Because what they are convinced of at this point is Malik targeted XQC Malik is now, and you and I, I think we like discorded each other when we saw the release. It's like, oh God, it's only going to get worse now because now mm-hmm. Malik is directly responsible for XQC getting dropped from the fuel. And I want to yeah. be clear, that is not the case. The right. fuel, in my belief, we're just waiting for something. If you look at XQC's track record, both in-game as a player and out-of-game as a professional, he has disappointed them all the way around. His reaction after the first suspension, was horrible and continued to be horrible. There was that wonderful stream I think you watched where like he was like going on and on about sponsors and not giving a crap why like the Jack in the Box logo is like right. on his stream. Yeah. The fuel they wanted can't, They can't dictate my content, but I'm showing their sponsors. I'm like, well, sponsor paid to put it there. Act like an old human being. Yes. But, well. So he was not acting as a professional. And the fuel were going to get rid of him. They were just waiting for that one more thing. And if it wasn't this, it was going to be something else. And whether Malik called it out or not, I think somebody would have saw it happen anyway. And it would have resulted in the same thing. The writing was on the wall. They clearly had a conversation. If you look at XQC's reactions stream when the release came down, he knew it was, he made the comment, like, oh, I didn't realize they were going to announce it today or I wouldn't have gone live. So he knew it was coming. They signed OGE to replace him. Like it was going to come yeah. down. And to be frank, I don't think it had anything to do with Malik. I think if you're mad at somebody, you want to direct your vitriol some direction, direct it at the people who comb through the chat to find out that XQC was one of the people that posted it. Because it wasn't Malik. Malik was calling out what I think was a fair thing to call out, which is like, hey, just because a black guy's on screen doesn't mean you need to spam the tryhard emote. You know, act like a decent human being, which I yeah, think is a fair it- point. Right, and even Blake said, you know, I've been dealing with this for for three years or so. Uh, and and Terrence M, you had mentioned before, uh, it happened. I, yeah, I believe it was at DreamHack, like DreamHack Austin, even. Uh, and yep. uh, I distinctly remember this happening. And it the controversy was around the fact that DreamHack essentially had zero mods in chat. Yes, and so it was just complete free reign. And this is what happens when you have it: is that people just start piggybacking on the hate and they start lashing out. And so, uh, and in this way, it was a very, very awful way. And I think that's really where the uh, try hard emote essentially 
really came into the community as being something that could be implied as racist. Yep. I believe that, like, again, I think you mentioned it was like that was the first time. I don't know if it was it more than likely wasn't the first time it was ever used, but that was definitely the time when it was it came popularized. Into its own, right, right, right. Um, yeah. And so from that point on, it has. And you have this weird line that you have to walk, right? You could essentially, if you are the play Overwatch mods that aren't already pervs, you could do something different. Like you could essentially ban that emote on the channel, but you are silencing something. And who's to say that the next thing they can, they, they couldn't choose another emote to, to essentially do the same thing. Yep. And so you're constantly chasing after it. They did say that they were going through and banning people who did use it. They went through, and then somebody, I think it was actually in a Reddit, pulled up, and something like 6,800 people did it. Yep. Absurd. Yeah. Absurd. So how do you go through and just, like, we're, we're banning 6,800 people from from the channel? I mean, you can, but... Uh, it, but it's lemmings, it, it, right? Like, it's... Right. It, that's we'll what's such a new challenge account. here. Like, I, I don't know what the number is, but what percentage do you put on the amount of those people that were doing it explicitly as a racist gesture and the percentage that were just right. idiots being kids, you know, like, or kids being idiots? <laughs> idiots being kids. I mean, yeah, that works too, I guess. I mean, it, it fits either way. And it brought up this interesting conversation. I don't know if you saw this thread going on in parallel, but there's a lot of, I think one of the things that XQC said in a later stream was that he was like born and raised on Twitch chat, and this is all they know, and this is their form of communication, and that you know, laugh at that as you will, and it, it is you know slightly laughable, I think, from an outsider, but like the majority of your formidable years have been spent in online communities, and you spend a decent amount of time on Twitch. Like this is the main way that people interact. Like, these are people we have to remember. A lot of these professional Overwatch players and professional esports players in general, but specifically Overwatch are streamers and they've been in a system and their primary sources of income for a significant amount of their adults lives have been rewarded by playing this system. Right. And if you look at the stream in which he's defending himself, he is getting bombarded with donations and cheers and subscriptions from people backing him up, even if it is racist, because these are the type of behaviors that are often rewarded by the Twitch ecosystem. And it may not feel right to say that's an excuse, but it is something that we need to be concerned with because if you look at Twitch culture and you look at Twitch chat, it's easy for us to brush it aside and make fun of it and the emoji spam and it's impossible to read, but this is how these people largely have communicated as like teenagers and adults and have been rewarded in some ways very, very handsomely for exploiting this system and for drawing attention via these edgy things. And it has largely also been a part of Twitch's culture, right? Like, this is another point that Richard Lewis yeah. brought up that is very important to understand that, like, early Twitch kind of rewarded this as a company culture and not just as, like, oh, we'll just stand back and let this happen. But it was, like, what made Twitch Twitch. And that has obviously had to change as they've become a platform for multi-million dollar sponsorships. But... That's another thing to really look at. And I don't think it's something we hand wave and say, oh, yep, you know what? It's just kids being kids these days. Let them do their thing. It's no big deal because we can't do that. But I do think it's a valid conversation to have that we've maybe failed these people and we are not giving them as professional players truly the support they need to understand how this context is changing and how they yeah. can no longer do this. Because if LeBron James went out on the court and told somebody to suck a dick, like 
and that got on street and that got recorded in some way, it would be like the end of the world. There'd be sponsors trying to drop him. Like we've seen when even the what we might view as minor infractions have happened with celebrities or sports personalities that people are like dropping them left and right. You know, they're getting traded. They can't get a sponsor. You know, those things have material impact. And I don't know that these kids that are playing professional Overwatch really understand the implications of those actions. And when you look at somebody like XQC, I think the other thing at play here is he's in a situation where he's rumored to be making about 60K a year. He probably makes more money than that from his stream. And now he's in the situation where, well, do I do that? And he talks about this in his reaction, where, like, I'm just sitting here, not playing, watching my stream and my channel die. Like, what do I do? And it's a fair question for him to be asking, because if he can make more money a year from his subscribers where he's rewarded for this kind of behavior and the team that is offering him an opportunity in professional Overwatch that isn't playing out for him both financially or, like, personally as far as a fulfillment standpoint, what do you do in those scenarios? He didn't make the smartest of decisions, but you got to understand for a certain extent of where he's coming from. I think there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of points you just threw out, but I, I think uh, one of the things that I I kind of don't 100 percent agree with is that uh, you know kids are raised by Twitch chat. Like there is uh, there's always another URL to go to. Right, they're choosing to join in with a group of people. It's not forced upon them. It's not like I wake up in the morning, my alarm clock is yelling "try hard" at me. Right? Like it's not like mine does. What are you talking about? It's it's not it's not indicative of of a society or a like a region being based specifically somewhere where you're being deprived of something or uh, just the the social or economic things are being kind of pressured on you, and that's just making you who you are, right? There's a lot of things um, that uh, within our world that do mold a person. Twitch chat, however, is is an elective, right? You're choosing to go there, and you're choosing to join in with a group of people. So it's essentially, well, they're falling in with the wrong crowd kind of thing, but they're electing to do it over and over and over again. So like they're passing Twitch chat in the hallways at school. No, they're they're popping open their phone and they're going specifically somewhere and doing something. So there's that onus of being influenced largely by Twitch chat. Yes, it's there, but it's still an elective and it's still something they can just choose not to do. They're not forced to do it. It's not being forced upon them. And so that part of that argument, <clears throat> I don't necessarily agree with. I, I kind of have to push back a little bit on, but, uh, and you're, you're right though. It, being outlandish, being over the top, doing very abrasive things, which gets you more notoriety is a way to make more money on Twitch, right? There's also other ways of making money on Twitch, which is wearing less clothing and doing other random things. <laughs> uh, but For some of us, that is not case, an option, unless people are paying me to put my shirt back on, which is a, a valid stream model. And, and, and Well, I mean, <laughs> I thought that's why we kept, we're on Discord video right now. <laughs> but uh, uh, <laughs> but and, and granted, I don't know XQC personally, but I know a lot of people who stream who present one personality and how they are in person is completely different. I know, uh, for instance, Toast as a streamer is a very reserved person, kind of awkward-ish, but when he's on stream, he's hilarious. He's, like, outgoing. He's really, really quick-witted, and he's not, like, not quick-witted maybe in person, but when I met him in person, it was not who I thought I would be running into. You see the person on the stream, and you think, 
this is the kind of person I'm going to meet in real life. And it's not always the case, right? Because he's sitting in a room yelling obscenities at a screen, being super erratic. Like I watching him is like flipping through channels for me. Like, it's just like I'm getting bits and pieces of conversations and I can't get, I can't see a person like that being super highly functional enough to be on an overwatch team for even this long. if that's really how he is. And so what he is now struggling with is, I can continue to be myself and be in Overwatch League and watch my channel die, or I can go back to being jackass and make more money, right? And so he's he, he's torn because it's there's the showmanship side, and then there's more than likely the side that is not bad. And we see glimpses of that on occasion, right? When he was doing his outburst originally, right before the show, I was like, wait, he just like basically told someone else to suck a dick, and then immediately, like, his whole demeanor changed, his body language changed. He, he knew what he said was wrong. He knew it. Yep. He knew it. And so he basically knew that, oh, I, I, I went over an edge there, and it wasn't... I'm probably going to get in trouble. Yeah, yeah, he knew it. So showmanship collided with, well, I'm actually... I have this responsibility as an adult, yeah. as a professional, that I may have just screwed up by, like, being a little too much. And it's... You know, there was this interesting thing. Um, it was probably it's probably a couple of months ago where Monte Cristo made a comment on Twitter about there's a lot of things as young adults or children, however you want to classify people in their early twenties, late teens, um, that we say that we regret. And a lot of people jumped on him. In fact, there was somebody directly related with Twitch that basically accused him indirectly of like supporting racism and homophobia by by defending some of the comments that XQC had, had made on his stream. And I think there is an element of that that is worth examining at some point where, like, I'm not going to lie, I think all of us have said and acted stupid in our younger years and things that we regret and our past indiscretions and have done dumb, horrible things. It's something that Richard Lewis talks a lot about, right? Like you, you watch his videos and he's made some mistakes and he's done some stupid things that the community to this day still holds him accountable for. I mean, you listen to some of our early podcasting stuff and there's things that probably came out of our mouth that in this day and age, in this climate, would get us in an equal amount of trouble for saying it, right? And the, at some point, there does have to be a certain degree of forgiveness for people making mistakes and saying stupid things. And regardless of what happens in the moment and what comes out of this, and I don't agree, like, well, I don't think that is inherently supporting racism or homophobia, like, those, there's still punishments that must be handed down for the actions that take place in the moment and happen today. And him making something that could be skewed as homophobic, regardless of how PC culture you think it is or how your thing is people getting offended on somebody else's behalf. Like there are responsibilities that you have as a professional in a budding growing league that is trying to keep sponsorship that when you say things are bad and you must be punished. But I hope there is a degree, a far more degree of forgiveness in the future than we give a lot of these people now. So you can take somebody like XQC and he can continue to go on and function as a normal adult moving forward and we're not holding people accountable for these things for, you know, ad infinium as we tend to like to do in a society where we're like we're going and dredging up things that happened twenty, thirty years ago and using those to like discredit somebody today. And that is something that like you know, maybe an okay thing to do in something like the Me Too movement, where you're like, "Oh, this person's a you know is a horrible sexual predator." Yes, those are things that we should dig up from the past, but right, right. but we don't want to hold young children who say stupid things on a stream accountable for that for the rest of their adult lives. Like Twitch 
And the behavior around esports and the behavior around streams should not act as a permanent record that ruins these kids' lives for a long period of time. And, and that is something that I completely agree with Monte Cristo on. And I hope that regardless of what comes out of this whole XQC drama or some of the things we're going to talk about here in a minute, that we do have some degree of like punish them, hold them accountable for the things that they are doing today. But if two years, five years, ten years on, we're still drudging this stuff and holding these people accountable, like that mm-hmm. will sadden me quite a bit. Now, there is one little thing, and again, I don't know the complete backstory of it, um, but a couple of people who were in defensive XQC basically being a little bit mistreated by OWL uh, had some legitimate-ish concerns. Again, I don't know the complete backstory, but I know on a lot of the extra content stuff that Overwatch League does, uh, like Monte Cristo, uh, Cristo, Crisco. Well, you know, hey, Monte <laughs> Cristo was basically. I'm running on an hour and a half of sleep. I'm going to say all kinds of crazy stuff, right? Uh, so he evidently kind of poked the bear a little bit with XQC, made fun of him in a, one of their skits, one of the little side sets, uh, and some people thought that that was rude or something they shouldn't do. And I agree that some of the things that the Overwatch League casters choose to do in their bits. Uh, it tends to be a little bit like they're, they're ragging on the players, a little bit of trash talking. And it's unfair that when something is said back at them, that either that one that they choose, like basically harp on that person. He's made out to be a villain. And two, they can't be a bigger person sometimes. Right. Even what uh, Malik was saying in chat was really st- when he said on, on sorry, on on stream about Twitch chat was still him being a bigger person, right? Someone who basically, if he had hopped in Twitch chat and was basically fighting a bunch of people and blah, 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 he wasn't being a bigger person because he was meeting them on his level. He was basically saying, hey, it's not working, right? (laughs) I've been here. I'm staying here. You're not going to get to me. Uh, You can just stop. You're wasting your time. Which I think is great. And I I kind of wish to a certain extent he would have left it at that. And I get why he right. can't, but like I agree with that, and, and that is a very good thing because I do think this there is this weird one way street with casters where they can. And to be fair, like the community does call them out for their shit. There has been several incidences where Reddit has gotten pretty hard on casters for making fun of players or not giving what they view as constructive critiques. But you're right. There are a lot of these, you know, funny Overwatch League bits and segments that the casters are asked to do by the Overwatch League for producing content that do tend to target the players and potentially trigger them and send them down this road. And I do think there's a certain degree of Overwatch League needs to look at their high risk players, players that they know that are from past experience, which XQC had like a mountain of things that you could point to that saying, you know, this is maybe not a player that we should target with this stuff because we're just poking the bear. We're asking for trouble. And then we're going to have to step in and do something because in the end, Overwatch League only cares about one thing at this point, which is preserving these sponsorships (laughs) that have made them look so successful. And, Regardless of what you say about esports culture and kids being kids and Twitch and this and that and the other thing, the only thing keeping the lights on are us old folks and our money in sponsorship deals going into Overwatch League, these companies that we run. And without that, Overwatch League doesn't have a leg to stand on, and they need to preserve those relationships. And there's going to be some element of the normal business culture that people are vilifying as part of esports to keep the lights on keep things going and you have to be beholden to the standards of the quote-unquote real world yeah and a a lot of this falls um, a lot of this onus falls on 
uh, production still trying to find their voice in a lot of ways, right? I think what they're trying to do, they're trying to mimic other things. Like they, they may see bits on like ESPN or certain shows where they're kind of poking fun at certain players, whether it be a basketball player or a baseball player and doing silly things. Like they've got like, you know, the giant heads of, of the different players that they kind of sit behind and do random things for. Yes. But what you don't understand is a lot of times is those people doing it have a personal relationship, a good personal relationship with the people that they're joking about, or in a lot of ways they've had them on the show and they've kind of made fun of themselves. And I think that's where Overwatch League, at least from a production standpoint, is somewhat lacking. Right? They, uh, they, <laughs> they, they're having a hard time being fun and having fun with it, and also being the fun police. Right? We've seen, you know, people with the what was it the Krakow like glasses the other day yep. gets taken away by a mod, uh, and so there's. Or, sorry, an admin. And so you, you've you got a lot of these opportunities for players. Like, you know, they come out doing stupid dances and random things, but they want to crack down on that. But then the casters are allowed to do basically dumb skits, which are almost... Yeah, let me do like a 15-minute skit making fun of your cancer comment, but you can't, like, you can't dab too much on your way out to the stage. <laughs> right, right. So it, it's... It, again, they need to find their voice. They need to find their rhythm. And I think some of it, what we're seeing is them also trying to mimic what they're seeing. <laughs> I'm not saying that I'm not saying Overwatch casters are, are Twitch chat. Don't get me there. Like, I, I'm just saying, I, I think they're still new. They're still trying to find their voice. They're still trying to figure it out. And in doing so, they have to have that sort of same mentality with how these players are still trying to figure themselves out and how to act and what to do. Because I can guarantee you all of them haven't had media training right out of the gate when some of this happened. I'm sure it was like very reactive, like, okay, everybody's got to go through these. I mean, the the set of code of conduct rules. I mean, they've got code of conduct rules that include no doping laws, right? Like They're solving the wrong problem at this point. Right, right, right. So there needs to be some kind of body or something going on there or some kind of... Uh, public thing of like these are the rule sets and i know it's been mentioned that they're trying to get to that point and in doing so you have to be i don't know it, it, it's it's kind of like the golden rule right it i guess you could say i i don't know i don't know a better way to put it yeah it's i i think one element that a lot of people forget like if you talk about mimicking like the espn content things of that nature remember like when a basketball player for example gets into the league, even if he's being made fun of in his rookie year, he's gone through high school under the spotlight, he's gone through college at least a year, if yeah. not four yeah. years under the spotlight. They're media trained. The, say what you will about the NCAA for being just a complete, you know, cancerous, just horrible body. I, I can't even right. the yeah. words to, to describe <laughs> how I feel so about the NCAA. I'm so triggered by the NCAA. But... They make because it is a business and because it is a massive moneymaker for the NCAA and the schools, those kids are watched night and day and trained to deal with this stuff and given the support that they need that I just don't think the teams are yet providing. And I think to kind of wrap it up with something that Malik said, which I think is very true, like somebody should in the Dallas Fuel should have been doing a more heavy-handed job of managing XQC. If you truly cared about Felix as a human being, you would have saw the warning signs. You would have seen the way he reacts to things. And maybe they did. Maybe they did pull him aside and he's completely 
just doesn't care and he's off doing his thing. And I, I recognize that's a possibility here. But I also think it's an equal possibility that they did not give him as much support as they could have. His friends were not there for him. And, and I think Malik is right to call out his community for egging him on in the wrong direction. And the right thing for XQC as a person is not necessarily the things that are right for XQC as a streamer. And sometimes, like, I don't think Overwatch League is fully prepared for that in all scenarios. And I think this is one of those scenarios where, where their support system is still drastically lacking. And it's not about media training. It's about, like, I saw somebody make a joke about it, like, being, like, a life coach. <laughs> and, like, yeah, I do right, think right. There, there is a certain degree of that. Like, I really do think there is. And um, I, I think this is a horrible situation for all things around. I think how Malik has been treated is just abhorrent. And we should be ashamed as human beings, let alone esports. Like, this is just a horrible thing. The things that I saw posted to him on Instagram are just absurd. I think we failed XQC. But I think in the end, like Overwatch League did what they did. They're going to do the thing that makes their sponsors happy, which is for him to go away. And the Fuel are doing the same thing for their sponsors. And they're just going to kind of move on. I hope they learn some lessons from it. Um, it'll probably be forgotten in the next week, and we'll move on to the next ridiculous drama thing that will inevitably happen. Right, right. Um, but overall, like I think if you give a shit about esports, you should take a closer look at this and go, how could we have solved the situation? How many different angles of attack are there to stop the situation from from getting to the point that it did, both for Malik, both for XQC, both for the Fuel? Um, I, I yeah. can guarantee you, stage three, we will see all of the players come out on those like toddler leash things, like a little, <laughs> like maybe like a monkey backpack with like the leash on it, yep. and there will be they'll have their own person like will tra- like take them to the stage, and when they're done, they'll hook them back up and take them away, and then they're just, just kept so in like tanks and like in like stasis until they play again, right? Or just bubbles, giant bubbles, <laughs> just yeah. bubble boys everywhere. Oh, man. Unfortunately, this isn't the only drama we're going to talk about today. So let's talk a little about... I mean, we're going to stick with Overwatch League because it's all unfortunately been around Overwatch League. But Zoe, who has been a longtime contributor to Blizzard, she has been involved in a lot of their BlizzCon coverage, both here and um, over in Europe, doing a lot of stuff around like Hearthstone tournaments and and a lot of their early esports scene, obviously brought in when the Overwatch League came around. And this is a whole other angle that I feel completely unprepared to talk about, but we're going to try anyway. So it's International Women's Day earlier this week, or I guess last week at this point we're recording, and she puts out this tweet that is fairly like benign. Like I, I think she's now she's certainly taking an angle <laughs> that that maybe a lot of people would not take, but she's basically thanking the men in her life who have supported her to try to help her gain equal footing in life and in esports. And apparently it took all 20 minutes for her inbox to just fill up with death threats and, and horrible shit posts from both men and women. Um, because either men thinking it's some sort of weird hidden feminist agenda <laughs> and women thinking that she's doing women wrong. And like, you know, a situation is bad when I'm about to quote Total Biscuit as the voice of reason in a situation. No offense, Total Biscuit, but it's not usually do I use voice of reason and Total Biscuit in the same sentence. But he's like, nothing better than women trying to tell other women they're being a woman wrong. And that's essentially what is going on here. And this is yet another... I mean, there's two things at play here. There's that whole scenario, which I'm completely, as a person with a penis, completely unqualified to try to relate to. But a whole other side of this is here we are again... Somebody making a statement we disagree with, and the instant reaction is to just shitpost and death threat them until they shut up. And that is yeah. just sickening to me. Yeah, and I think largely what it is is uh, I know English is a second language for Zoe, and, and, and some of it might have been how she phrased it. Uh, she did not say in my life. She said to all the men in our lives who support us. 
and and so in doing that she is essentially acting as a voice for other people and that is where i think the trigger i think the word hour is was the trigger because once they read that they didn't get down to the bottom where it was like just treat each other like humans regardless of race and gender essentially right and so uh, it, it's a it's a great stance or mentality to have right is just does those things don't matter you, you're a human being and that's really if just people just treated people like that then we're, we're good we would probably not ha- be talking we would not have this entire podcast we'd have to like probably talk about like hearthstone I know. Yeah, there's a hearthstone expansion that we're not even letting seven <laughs> talk about this week because right. we have to talk about all this shit. right because people can't treat people like human beings uh so <laughs> get off my lawn and so i I get it, right? Like I spent uh, well over thousands of hours in this kind of space where it's you know allying with with, with women or whatever gender you want to identify with, and, and you and there's a lot of people who uh, I guess you would say within the social justice realm that often don't want to hear other people's opinions or. Uh, their views because they feel that their view is the right view in a lot of ways. And so they they nitpick certain things, right? She's basically saying thank you to the people around her who support her and also support other women. And I think that's completely valid, right? Yep. However, because she used the word our and it was Women's Day, people just blew up and like, you shouldn't be thanking men on Women's Day. And it's like, it, I, this is a theoretical day that we've made up, right? It, she could have done this the day after and people would have been like, okay, fine. <laughs> but but because we've we've created hashtag International Women's Day on Twitter, she's now going to get death threats. It's just, it, it's it's so sad that people can't like, How is just... that moving any agenda forward? Whose agenda right. are we moving forward by taking a woman who has been successful in a male-dominated field right. and like, Shitposting her into silence because she made one misword that somehow like offends you. Like we're to the point now where people on the same side of an argument can't even get their shit together long enough because they want to fight right. about it or something, right? Yeah. Like we're to the point where it's not even like regardless of what whether you're fighting for like gender equality or race equality or whatever your your fight is in this wonderful social justice warrior world we live in. That you now can't, you get offended by your own damn people for not doing it right. And we're just going to keep fragmenting into pieces to the point where it's literally just one yeah. versus one across the board because nobody can move any agenda forward because I don't agree with how you're moving our agenda forward. So now I'm going to make my own version of this agenda. Like, yeah, this is horrible. Well, well and again, in, in running a convention, uh, just because this is, it's something I can easily relate to because this is the thing uh, that I would witness quite often is, you know, we would uh, open things up for panels, right? So people would get the ability to talk about whatever topic they want to. And if multiple people, so you had uh, uh, someone who is more well-known within the community about a, a specific topic, they submit something. And if somebody else who's lesser known maybe has a slightly different view or even, in all honesty, the same view, and we cho- we would choose someone else. But because that person, the the person who knew more, the greater voice got a decline automatically as an entire org we were against whatever it was that they were doing unbeknownst to them we were actually doing the exact same thing just giving someone else a chance to uh you know get their voice out there and be heard but that's that's the problem with a lot of these people who are so wrapped up in uh in their cause 
is they don't want to share their voice a lot of times with other people. And they don't want to stand side by side with people. They want to be known as the person who is driving that cause at the expense of a lot of other people. And that, unfortunately, is what happened to Zoe. She ran into a lot of people on this day where it's very, very tough for a, and it, it very, very tough for a lot of people, very, very triggering for a lot of people. And there's a lot of subjects that get brought up that, uh, again, people can easily relate to. And it gets a lot of emotions stirred up. And in this case, she used the word our and people took it as, well, she's speaking for me. She can't speak for me. And boom, it just blew up. And it's just it's yeah, it, sad. Yeah. This stuff, this stuff frustrates <laughs> me to no end. Like, I know. I spend a lot of time in my normal real life job, like dealing with a lot of these challenges in STEM and trying to like figure out how to get underrepresented groups better represented. And this stuff saddens me because it's already hard. There's so much stuff like for every explicit slight that is in place in the system. There's so many implicit ones that we have to fight against that we're often not even aware of as human beings. And then when you have to fight this extra battle on the side that in my opinion is just completely unnecessary and like not just like, this is not spirited debate about the best way to move women further forward in esports. This is literally a bunch of women yelling at another woman for doing it a way in, they, in, in which they disagree with. And that's that's not productive well, for anybody. Right. I do like her response, though. She says, oh, am I sorry? Did I offend you by treating all genders equal and thanking humans for treating others the way they should? Which uh, she was, it was in response to someone who basically had said that she had some internal misogyny to deal with. She's been indoctrinated uh, into the male-dominated culture. Right, right. but what, what's, what is also interesting, when this originally happened, that person locked their account. They, they, they went private after she responded to them, right? So she's a willing to, again, here it is, someone who wants to shout out at someone, lash out at someone, but not hear any of anything's coming back. Right. And so it just immediately locks her account down. Now it's not, but if you go back and you find that thread... Uh, it was originally because I was like, who is this person? Why would so even respond to them? I don't, still don't know why she would respond to someone with 500 followers. Not that that's like a lot or enough. <laughs> Social like, capital. Yeah, it's not, again, so it's almost 90,000 people. Like, again, maybe she, I don't know. It, I, again, I think she probably just chose one of the many of threats she was getting. Like, thank you for summarizing the, the yeah. hate in one tweet, so then I will target your yeah, one tweet. Yeah, she could have just screenshot like a list of things and thrown it out there. But, uh, yeah, it was just kind of funny that, uh, again, someone dishing it out because uh, you don't uh, you don't agree with the same thing I'm trying to do. But whatever it may be, you're trying to achieve it a different way. Uh, and then I'm going to go into hiding because I can't take other people's opinions. It's just whatever. Yeah, yeah. It's, don't dish it out if you can't take it. No, exactly. Like and, and like, there's nothing more I can say on it without like just appearing overly supportive. It's like, yeah, hey, thanks for cheerleading men. It's not about cheerleading men. It's about just like no, we just need to be better as humans in general, regardless of what That's... lines we cross to support each yep. other. Like, and I will uh, like I will listen to all criticism, feedback, and otherwise for how I can do it better. What I will not listen to is you shouting at me and then running and hiding when I want to talk back. Like I have no tolerance for people that want to have one sided discussions about how to do things. That's yep. not useful for uh, anybody. Correct, I agree. Yeah, moving on. Moving on. Moving oh, on to the next shitty person. Next on the shitty person list. 
<laughs> we should just have like a like a uh, dartboard and like throw it like who what shitty person are we starting with today it's like, like there's or, or like a wheel we can spin yeah the sad <laughs> thing is is that would be a very large dartboard this week so yeah it is just throw and hit anybody um so this was an interesting story that you brought to my attention that i had not seen yet and this is related and i've got there's a lot of caveats that i need to put in here because you like there's a sensationalist headline and then there's like the actual details of the story so what this amounts to is up until very recently, all the Overwatch League streams, contender streams, et cetera, et cetera, were modded by community volunteers. And this person that is the, the crux of this story is a community volunteer, not somebody that was directly employed by Blizzard. And it seems that any reactions by Blizzard were part of a greater movement towards paid moderators for Overwatch League and not directly related to the story, but I think this is still something that has happened in the gaming community and something worth talking about. So this is a particular stream or sorry, particular moderator who had basically in the past, like we'll call it from like 2011 to 2014 as best as I can tell, had become infamous on the internet for collecting revenge porn of popular female streamers and gaming personalities and basically curated this very thorough um, Imgur gallery around these particular streamers. And Mm -hmm. in the last couple of days, one such person who doesn't appear to be like big in the gaming community anymore has moved on and has a normal life and whatnot, decided to write a post calling this person out. And that was kind of the genesis of this conversation being brought back up because out of the blue all of a sudden this album that had allegedly been deleted and erased from the internet unfortunately nothing's ever erased from the internet had popped up again and in a way that's very suspicious because this is just like oh somebody right click saved their way through this album and decided to bring it back up five years later but it actually came back up under the original link that was owned by this person all over again and so the crux of this conversation that i want to talk about is like this weird epicenter of, again, these things that streamers are doing to try to gain attention, to try to gain followers. And some of that, unfortunately, as young people and sometimes as older people, we make really, I don't even call them questionable decisions because it's victim blaming, right? We choose to share certain intimate details, sometimes in photographic ways, with people that we are in relationships with. And then they become means, this this permanent means of like holding things over ourselves and revenge porn is something that is unfortunately not just like a big thing in gaming but a big thing in general and so taking all the sensationalist headlines away and trying to attach this to overwatch league and try to make this about that what is really about is this thing where once again we have these kids trusting people in questionable manners and doing things that they feel are okay that they're now being punished for later and how big of a problem this is going to continue to be for Twitch streamers, especially women, right? Like Because this is kind of what's going on behind the scenes, if you really think about it. When you talk about some of the like wardrobe guidelines that Twitch has laid down in the past like week or two that have become very controversial, and what women feel like or choose to do to try to gain streamers, and we have the whole like Patreon nudes kind of concept that has become a big thing in the last few years, and what this is going to do long-term, and how inadvertently this is get drug into the esports debate because this person who is like a community mod for over 150 twitch channels when this first was like surfaced again is just like going around and doing this thing and like it's all tangentially related to esports but it just like it feels like the perfect story to kind of cap off this discussion of like this is the type of thing that these people are going to have to worry about 
for potentially a very long period of time. The rest of their lives is probably being a bit hyperbolic, but like, here's a woman who has moved on, has a child, has a career, has nothing to do with esports or gaming directly anymore, that is now still kind of living out these bad decisions, and we've created this society through these permanent means that Twitch provides us and other online communities provide us to like hold these people accountable for their poor decisions in their 20s for the rest of their lives. Well, okay, so a couple of things here. I, I don't... I wouldn't necessarily label some of these decisions as bad decisions. Right? No, no, and that's what I said. I don't want to turn this into victim blaming. I call them questionable right, in that you're right, questionably right. trusting the wrong person. I, I know your intent. I know you're, I'm not saying you were. I'm just saying, like, to, to be clear, uh, this person, uh, Uncle Swag was his name, would actually befriend a lot of these these female streamers or female gamers uh, and basically try to essentially work his way into getting – a, a relationship with them, a personal relationship with them, uh, because uh, they, uh, especially here, Cher talks about the fact that she would contact him and ask him to take them down or ask him to remove them. And so she had the ability to contact because she knew him and they became friends. And then he basically was able to, you know, get a really get a relationship started and then take these pictures. And then he hoards them and he was doing it with lots of different people. Yep. And so, and, and you can, so at that point in time, the decision was wasn't made. Uh, I, I would say poorly or whatever. It was uh, it was made intimately because they thought they were having a relationship with someone and they were tricked. And so that after that, when they go and say, "Hey, I want you to take this down," or the fact he even posted, that's when it becomes revenge. And that's when it becomes something that's just fucking vile and stupid. And so, in this person, not only did you be like, "Oh, okay," they just threw it up there anonymously. No. No, it was actually known as like the Uncle Swag album. He like he personally he labeled it under his he branded it. Was point, it. it was a point of pride for him. Right. He fucking branded it as his own name and allowed it to continue to go on and grow and refused to take it down, refused to have all these things go on, uh, to even get it removed. And I don't know how I guess there's a lot of legal ways they could try and get it down. I think at one point in time she even mentioned she had to like call the police. Yeah, and they gave her like it, advice it on how to basically hand. scare him into removing it. Right, right, because they were like, oh, we don't know what we can do. We're just the police. We we don't have the ability. <laughs> well, because there's there's very few laws on the books in most right. states for dealing with this situation. Right. And so uh, again, it's just it's a it's a shitty position to be in, and it's one of those things where even though it had, it had been, I think she said it disappeared for like two years and or three years, and all of a sudden, boom, it came back again. Yep. That's just a thing that's always going to be held over your head. And so once it did pop up, he was basically removed from Overwatch League and all these different streamers. Like he he basically uh, kind of. Uh, well, yeah, he started to, to quote unquote pay for it, right? Yep. Uh, and then, and then here's the the funny part, and I think she even says it in her Medium article around where he tries to say like, "Oh, I'm being treated unfairly," or uh, like all these like random things, or basically trying to get uh, trying to get people to feel bad for him. Yep. And you're like, do you know what you've done to like? all of these people for right. so long and now all of a sudden you lose your mod privileges and the and a twitch stream and you want people to boohoo about you you're a disgusting human being and yep. no just doesn't happen yeah and the, sorry and we we talk about we just talked about like treating people like human beings well no 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 you, you've taken it too far you don't get to be a human being now <laughs> so, well and that's what's funny because like it, it is a bit contradictory for us to say like people right. pass indiscretions we've done horrible things but there's like shades here right like she well, chose to unfortunately trust the wrong person and share nudes and like that's unfortunate and horrible 
And I don't like, and I know this is, there's a long debate about like, well, then if you don't want nudes to pop up on the internet, you shouldn't just show them as an accepted fact that those things are going to pop up. But like, that is not the same thing as being like, there's one thing where like, oh, I'm going to post nudes on Patreon and I'll, and like, you're, you're stuck with that. You know, you chose to make money from nudes. That's where, where they're going to go. And that's the life you've chosen. But it's very different than like, we've all been in the age of the internet at some point in that relationship, whether it's long distance, whether you're traveling a lot, it happens to people of all ages, shapes and sizes where like you want to be intimate and it's not always possible to do so, or you choose to extend it to digital means and those things happen. And I don't think just because the reality of the world that we live in is that those things will pop up, that it makes it okay that those things pop up or that people like you can choose to be cautious and say, I'm just never going to take nudes. And that's the surefire way to make sure they never show up. But that doesn't mean like every people who choose not to make that cautious decision are like somehow to blame or in some horrible situation. And that is a very different thing to have to live with for the rest of your life. And what was done in a very like conscious, um, non like, like you said, it's not a mistake. They just chose to do it. And that was a, right, a thing right. they should not be punished for. That's very different than punishing somebody who literally set out to ruin these people's lives for his own like internet fame. Like, yay, you're famous for being the perv who collects nudes of women that you basically bamboozled into giving you topless pics. That is and, something and, you should be held accountable for a longer period of time. Like, there's a scale here. Yeah. And, and now uh, you you want everybody to feel bad with you, bad because you're kicked out for being a, an owl mod and uh, you, you, a mod. And, and you want, in his exact words, uh, n- he he's never been so dis- disrespected so hard. <laughs> and it's just like... Uh, self-awareness much, sir. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, this is one of those scenarios where you specifically abuse the power that is similar to what you get as a mod on Twitch as a means to try to seduce women into giving you news that you could then use to like increase your e-cred. So yeah, you know what? I think you should be removed for all... There's 141 of them left as of the last count that you are still a mod for. I think you should be removed from all 141. And yes, yeah. it's a pass in discretion, but it's a pass in discretion that is very similar well, to what you currently have the power to do if i'm correct i think he also tried to at some point in time say that it wasn't him who reactivated it reactivated he's that. still claiming that that is the case he has told her in the latest update to her uh, medium article that he doesn't know how it's happened yet suspiciously like it's literally like reactivated the same album as opposed to like somebody took the pictures and reposted them in some way um interesting yeah interesting because I know that he he did try and say he had no ability to do something, and then uh, came out and gave a response. Basically, he 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 went down one line of excuses and then backtracked at one point in time. I again, I sorry, I can't remember because when this came out, I was just we we were we were at the end of the it. shitty slide, and we were just like, I just I can't. I've got no more tolerance for shit. Like I've <laughs> right, right, eating right. all the esports shit this week that I can eat. But yeah, and you know, it's a shame because I'm sitting here looking like we spent the last hour and 10 odd minutes discussing some very depressing things. You're probably listening to this now and going, God, you know what? What the fuck is wrong with humans? What the fuck is wrong with esports? And those are all, you know, valid ways to feel. And But I think it's important that we take time sometimes to have these type of discussions that are not nearly as fun as exciting or us, you know, making fun of Overwatch players doing silly things or Seven getting angry at the Hearthstone devs for some stupid card design they just released. Like, we will get back to that in a regular scheduled programming. But I felt like there is a, this reached a critical mass this week in which when I can sit at the top of the show and spend five minutes summarizing all the horrible things that have happened around one game <laughs> in one league in the span of seven days... It's worth having a larger discussion about. And we, as people that want to see esports grow and thrive, that have 
a more mature, more experienced head on our shoulders, have a responsibility to have a more constructive, productive narrative around these things. So that it's not just Reddit threads, and it's not just meme spam, and it's not filling Malik and Zoe's you know, inboxes with bullshit death threats and DMs. Like, we should have these discussions because it's not just Overwatch League. Somebody in the past week threatened a mass shooting at Evo via Twitch chat. Like, these are the type of things that are... The FBI had to get involved because probably some idiot 16-year-old kid who thought it would get him some attention decided to post it. But because they're, that one time you don't, a bunch of kids in a school end up dead... We have to now manage that. This is a very different world that we live in, and I think we have a responsibility as more adults in esports to have these conversations and to bring this to the forefront in hopes that at least one of those kids that is spamming try hard at Malik or calling Zoe, you know, and her hidden misogynistic tendencies goes, you know what? Maybe I'm not contributing in the way that I should to this community. In this community that I have, I attribute my growing up in, I'm not serving well. And if we take one of those kids and turn them over to the to the light side, so to speak, then like this is worth a bunch of like thirty something guys rambling on for an hour and ten minutes. And I Twitch hope it, chat is just a bunch of padawans now. Is what you're saying, right? Yes, like, it's we, a we, bunch of padawans that we must keep from going to the dark side. <laughs> but like all joking aside, though, like I, I I feel like we have a level of responsibility, and if that gives you a one boring episode of you and I whining and complaining a bit about it. Um, to turn a couple of people's heads and make them realize that maybe they should change their ways or approach it a little bit differently, then you know it was worth it. That's all I got to say on it. <laughs> okay, I, I was like, "Is that end rant?" You threw your hands up. I wasn't. I wasn't sure if you were just uh, done out, uh, finished, done out. Yeah, yeah. You didn't dab, so I wasn't really sure. <laughs> that was a really bad dab. If you saw it, by the way, I have no dabbing practice. Apologize, but the restrictions from our bosses that I'm not allowed to dance or dab during the show. So, yeah, sponsors don't like it. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) sorry, best joke of the show. Sponsors? No, I'm joking. This Uh, is a no fun show. Anyways, anyway, so we'll be back next week on a regular schedule with normal esports topics. There'll be lots of things to talk about. We're going to talk about the Hearthstone expansion, I imagine, because Seven probably has a lot of feels there. There'll be the latest Overwatch League news. We've got some tech and stuff coming up with E-League, so we'll get back to the normal, but, you know, we, we indulged a bit this week. And as always, if you are checking us out via somebody who probably posted us to Reddit and wants you to flame us, you can find us on our normal non-Reddit-based channels at iTunes, Overcast, Pocketcast, iHeartRadio. Tune in and, of course, over at our site at nerfthis.gg. You can direct those hate-filled messages to us on the Twitters at NerfThisCrew or on Facebook and Instagram at NerfThisGG. And of course, your emails are always welcome at show at NerfThis.GG. Are, are you mentally prepared, Seven? Have you like built your pillow fort and you're, you're ready for all the hate? I've been through far worse. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. The sad <laughs> fact is, is we're probably not a big enough deal for people to go after for attention-seeking purposes, but you know uh evidently i was so <laughs> i apologize yeah i'm half the show uh anyways <sighs> sorry yeah. anyway that's gonna do it for this week we will see everybody next tuesday for another episode of nerf this we're not talking for 48 hours